Lily, can we talk about how useful we have found the Media Moves newsletter from Cision? Yeah, I didn't know about this before and now I've signed up. It is so useful. You get a list on there every week of all the different people moving around different publications. And basically you've got a ready-made list of commissioning editors with their contact details, which you can then use when you want to pitch. It's so helpful. Yeah, and on top of that, as a freelancer, you can actually list yourself as looking for work and your details so people know all about you and where to find you. Yeah, it's so useful. I'd really recommend people go and have a look at scission.co.uk, click on journalist services and then have a look out for media moves and you can sign up for the newsletter there. Hello and welcome to Freelancing for Journalists. I'm Lily Cantor. And I'm Emma Wilkinson. We're both experienced freelance journalists and in each episode, with the help of two fabulous guests, we give practical tips on key issues you face when working for yourself. Today we're going to talk about something which always causes a very heated debate and that is, should you have shorthand? Exactly. We both did learn shorthand. 20 years ago on our MA course although I never went on to take the NCTJ because I ended up going to work at a medical journal so there was no route for me to do that Uh, so my shorthand is a bit hit and miss but I still use it every day. Yes and I also use it um, and I use it a lot when I worked on a daily newspaper doing news um, and I still use it now for, for working freelance Um, But Emma and I both know from working in universities that students are often not very keen to learn it. Um, I mean, it's hard for a start, but also quite often they don't see the point and they feel that they can just record everything. Yeah, so we're going to cover all this as well as talking about how shorthand isn't accessible for everyone. But first, let's discuss our highlight of the week. Lily, what's yours? So mine is something I've been waiting for um for a very long time and um it may seem a bit silly to others but it's something that has been like the dream um that I've mentioned to Emma I just wish I could get that and basically I've finally got into a position where I've been asked to review some running shoes and I am getting sent two different pairs of running shoes and I'm reviewing them for a magazine and for me that is like the ultimate um kind of aim um sort of for the last year really when I've been writing for the writer for the running press I was like I want to get to a position where I can review running shoes because I have so many of them and they are so expensive um so just to be sent them in the post and to try them out for me is is a dream so bit of a geeky one there but also um this has come about through the freelance writing jobs newsletter which I've been following for the last four years and it's the first time I've got a job through that newsletter so it's been worth kind of persisting with that newsletter and, and following up um, and hopefully it'll lead on to more work. So Emma, what's yours? Is it a bit more sort of noble than mine? Okay, so after weeks and weeks, it might even be months of complaining about my computer that's on its last legs and dying and won't do any updates. It is actually 12 years old, the poor thing. Um, I have finally <laughs> invested in a new computer it hasn't arrived yet it's coming I'm hoping it's going to last me another decade 
but I've really procrastinated about this and I've finally done it because I rang up ALCS to see what my March statement was going to be and it was enough to cover the new computer so hopefully in two weeks time when it arrives my life will be a lot easier and I won't have quite so many tech fails few yes like today with the dog barking but uh hopefully hopefully I went to answer the door there's nobody there yeah hopefully we'll be all right Okay, right. It's time to introduce our guest this week. We have with us freelance journalist and podcaster Mark Schoffman, who writes about personal finance and property, as well as other topics. He's written for The Sun, The Times and The Eye Paper, amongst others. And he is also co-host of the In For A Penny podcast. We also have with us Rachel Charlton-Daly, a freelance journalist and disability activist. She is founder and editor-in-chief of The Unwritten, and also has bylines in HuffPost, BBC, Metro and Digital Spy. Last year, Rachel won the Women in Journalism Georgina Henry Award for Digital Innovation. So thank you both so much for coming on today. Um, I think this is going to be a really interesting topic. Um, Whenever anyone mentions shorthand, either sort of for or against, um, it does seem to cause quite a ruckus, um, particularly on social media. So, Mark, am I right in thinking that you're an advocate of shorthand? And can you talk about how you use it in your day-to-day life and, and what you think the benefits are? Sure. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, I think, firstly, from a kind of theoretical, I guess, philosophical point of view, uh, gen- uh, anyone, I guess, can call themselves a journalist these days. You have, for better or worse, bloggers and influencers. And I think having something like shorthand gives journalists something that shows they're a professional and is an actual trade rather than as know something you're just doing from your bedroom not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that but it, it, I think it gives you something that boosts your CV and, and and adds skill which kind of sets you apart from others and then practically I guess for me I mean I've d- previously done a lot of court reporting so it's, cru- it's kind of crucial for that but also I found it useful when I've gone to meet people for coffees or going to interview them in their offices to kind of take notes to think of questions or to build colour so I don't know if I, if I was sitting chatting with one of you guys now I don't know if I was meeting Rachel somewhere and I was kind of writing down uh, I don't know a cushion with dogs on it it might look a bit weird for me to be writing it down on a piece of paper to say that to kind of build the context and colour of where she's sitting and but uh, if I've got that in short, on shorthand notes it may it'll be kind of I don't know less weird for her to see me writing down about the kind of physical surroundings and bit more comfortable I guess less awkwardness yeah so I think at this point we should uh confess that for this podcast just before we started recording this podcast uh Lily and I did a bit of a test to see what happened to our shorthand in the 20 (laughs) years since we (laughs) since we learned it and we chose a two minute audio at 100 words per minute to see if we had any hope of doing it Lily how did it go? Um, not great. You chose a really hard one because it was all about dog breeds. And I don't know the outline for like Chihuahua. Um, but yeah, I mean, I managed to scribble it down. It's a bit of a mess. Um, and there were some gaps. I went back and did it 40 words per minute. <laughs> and I could do it at 40 words per minute. Although I did have a couple of things in longhand like Chihuahua. Um, I wrote just a few initials down um, so I've got it uh, but it's rusty at that speed really really rusty um, but I can still get the gist of it 
Um, and for me, I'd still be able to get those sound bites. I might not be able to get someone talking for a whole two minutes, but I could get, you know, a, a sentence verbatim that I needed. How about you, Emma? I think yours is probably slightly better than mine. Yeah, so I got... I just about got the gist of it. Like you, some bits were lit, written in longhand. There was a chunk in the middle where I missed a stat. Like I'd got so far behind that I missed one sentence, but then got the end again. So I got most of it. I could definitely report a story from what I had. Um, but I don't think I ever got to 100 words a minute because I think I got to 80 and I never had to take the exams. And I think for me as well, dogs, these are just, it's not something, I have all my little outlines and made up shorthand made up abbreviations that I have for medicine and health because that's what I'm writing about and it makes complete sense to me and it wouldn't make sense to anyone else I think my shorthand has become like my sort of version of it over time with a bit of shorthand a bit of longhand a bit of my own kind of abbreviations and yeah it wouldn't stand up me sitting down writing a court transcript but I use it every day it's enough for me to get quotes and obviously in that circumstance if you're interviewing someone you can ask them again if you missed a stat or you missed something you could you could check it so um I feel it functions well enough for me to have to do my journalism without having to record every conversation that that I'm having um I mean, Rachel, one aspect of this that we're really keen to talk about with you is because we've had numerous journalists flag this up to us, and I think it's really important that we address it, is that shorthand isn't a skill that's um, accessible to everyone. That might be because they have a physical disability that prevents them from doing it, or because people might learn or process information in different ways, and sort of hitting 100 plus words a minute may not be achievable in terms of passing that exam for that reason. Um, what does that mean for those who may feel under pressure to have it, but but can't have it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks for having us on. So I don't use um, shorthand because it's something I've always struggled to learn. And in the end, I just gave up because I found easier methods. Um, I've got dyspraxia, so I've got really messy handwriting. And I struggle enough as it is to decipher my scribbled notes when I was trying to write things down, doing interviews. So without trying to make sense of uh, symbols and trying to remember what they meant, like it would have been absolutely impossible to try and learn this whole new language as well as then trying to remember what all these little scribbles meant as well. And I would never have been able to get to 100 words per minute because like in longhand, I could never write that fast. So I would never have been up to scratch to take that exam. So I, I know that that's never something that I would have ever been able to do because, um, because I've got arthritis as well. Um, and I think that's just, an, I think for me, shorthand is just, it always feels like another way that is gatekeeping journalism and making it um making it less accessible for disabled people that stops us from uh stops us from getting into journalism and stops us from telling authentic disabled stories because there's so many there's so many disabled great disabled journalists that are being kept out of newsrooms because they don't have something something like shorthand which to be honest is just in my opinion, just a really antiquated, antiquated practice that 
just isn't necessarily needed anymore when we've got so much great technology that that we could use like mark mentioned taking things down like notes knowing um knowing um like deep little details and stuff but if i've got a computer in front of us when i'm doing an, an interview which is how i do most of my interviews like on zoom i can easily put that in a note on a google document you know yeah like i don't understand how i couldn't like i could easily do exactly the same thing that everybody else could do in an interview with a with a program like um like a transcription program and do uh and keep notes on um on a document there's there's i just don't see the need for shorthand as much anymore if it's yeah. going to keep people out of newsrooms which is what i think it's doing now yeah and i think that's a really valid point that if that's being used like you say as a sort of gatekeeping method mm -hmm. for people coming into the industry then there is a real inclusivity um mm -hmm. issue there mark i just want to bring you back in then um I mean, what's your sort of um, take on what Rachel's saying there? And and do you think, you know, is it antiquated? And we have got this technology. Um, you know, how do we how do we move forward with all of this? Yeah, I can see. Obviously, there need to there need to be allowances for people who are disabled and have difficulty doing it. I guess my issue is, I mean, for more for when you're meeting people face to face, is I think if you're sitting in front of a screen and typing, I don't think that's always the best way of doing it because I, I find it better if you can kind of look people in the eye and get a sense of the mood but obviously there's other ways recording devices and all that but then I can think of issues in when I've gone to interview people in the past and I've I think I remember once I went I took an mp3 recorder which shows how old I was when I was starting out um to interview a senior person at the uh, football association I think it was a story about homophobia in football which was a sensitive subject at the time and still is and um set it to record did the, did the whole interview went to press stop and realized I hadn't actually pressed record in the first place so the whole interview which I had relied on to be recorded was gone luckily I made some, had made some shorthand shorthand notes but um, I had to kind of do a mishmash of that and what I remembered and a lot of groveling and phoning them up to get it completed so I just feel like you can't rely on technology up to a point but technology can often let you down and also the other thing with transcription services, I'm not sure how, because I haven't read my McNeys for a while, but I'm not sure how they stand up when, you, when it comes to libel and um, defamation cases, particularly, I guess, with court reporting or something, because I, I think shorthand notes passes evidence, but I don't know if transcriptions or audio recordings work. That may be a whole other issue, though. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think there are specific circumstances, aren't there, when shorthand when you maybe when you can't record um but I th yeah they're probably quite niche circumstances I mean court reporting definitely comes into that I mean um I wonder if actually it's should rather than saying oh you need to have shorthand as a journalist because you often get when you start this debate online you will get the older journalist saying you have to have shorthand I would never be able to live without it I wonder if actually it just comes down to personal preference and what you're used to recently I have been using transcription apps more because I have when I'm interviewing doctors quite often they want to use teams because they're using teams for everything now so they just send send me a teams invite and I find it really weird to then be writing shorthand while they're <laughs> watching me write shorthand so I'll put the um uh, I'll put the transcription app because if I'm recording it then I've still got to do it I feel like I'm just 
increasing the time at which I'm taking to write up everything. So I'll put that on the side, take a few notes of key points. Um, and I will have to kind of clean that up and stuff, but it, it kind of works better because then I can look at them in the eye while I'm speaking to them and kind of get that rapport going. Um, so yeah, personally, I find it useful, but then I've worked with loads of journalists um, at the BBC and everywhere who haven't got it, who don't have it. I would say in medical journalism, it's more rare for me to have shorthand. And the other day I was listening to a podcast with um, veteran BBC foreign correspondent, John Simpson, who said he never did any formal training because he came through radio as a sub-editor um, and he doesn't have shorthand. And he was saying he sometimes wishes he has it because he, if he's in like a press conference or something, he can't quite get the notes down. But I don't think anyone would say that seemed to have got in the way of his um, career, I suppose. So I guess what I'm getting at, Rachel, is we do we need a bit more flexibility in this debate? You do you. You find the thing that works for you, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. Like, I completely agree. And again, a lot of what I do is medical and health. And I agree, like you're doing like especially when a lot of what you're talking about is massive lot like long phrases and things like when you're trying to scribble notes down and they're just reeling these big long phrases off at you like trying to scribble notes down is so hard it's so much easier to just have a transcription software in the background behind like and it's just like you just you just need the flexibility and you need and like it comes back to again like just being able to get like if you had the if you had the flexibility imagine the different caliber of people that you'd be able to get into your newsroom you know because newsrooms are even though they've got all the different diversity programs newsrooms are still in danger of having very much one type of person in the newsroom and if you release the flexibility of having these specifications and making people have like these rigorous exams and rigorous qualifications then you're going to get a lot different type of people in your newsroom yeah absolutely I mean um one thing that I want to put to you Mark actually because um it just came to me now because I'm an advocate of shorthand I think it's a useful thing to have even if you never reach the hundred words a minute just having a few outlines it's a really helpful thing to do but students hate it they find it really boring so I constantly find myself having to say, no, no, you'll find it useful, I promise, you know, just stick with it. But I remember, I don't know if it's changed, but 20 years ago when we were learning it, it was so dull, those lessons. And it was like, dear sir, madam, it's like you were being a secretary, writing a, a letter from your bot. It's like, this isn't helping me learn how to do shorthand in, in a world of journalism. Do we need to kind of update it and make it more relevant to today's journalists, do you think, Mark? Yeah, I think, well, I remember the textbooks, yeah, they were pretty poor. And I think it was all, it came out from people who were training to be secretaries, I guess, and um, yeah, transcribing and it, yeah, it definitely needs updating, I think, to make it more interesting and maybe many to get journalists to actually be practicing at press conferences rather than listening to tapes. Yeah, as you say, saying, dear sir, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think for me, it, I mean, there are obviously all these different technologies and different things that you can use. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't find any of them accurate enough for what I need. Um, and I've actually started typing when I do interviews. 
um, myself, sometimes if it's an online interview, I'll I can type fast enough and I find that more accurate. But I do think there is a point here around just because there are other options, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try and learn shorthand if you're able to. I think sometimes there is still um, people think, oh, well, you know, what's the point? I'm not even going to bother trying. Um, and um, I know, Emma, you were sort of saying those lessons are really boring, but I quite like learning shorthand. It was it was short. It was a short, intense course. Emma's shaking her head. But once you got it, you got it. And like Mark says, it, I've always found it really useful for taking note, in, like, you know, so people can't read what you're writing down. So they're not paranoid about what I've said or, you know, what you're, you know, what you're describing or anything. Um, for me, it's incredibly useful. And I, I feel like we should still, um, you know, be kind of fighting for shorthand and not just saying, oh, well, you know, doing something else is much easier. Um, let's just, you know, let's just record it or find an app. Um, part of me feels like, well, maybe we should be still saying how important it is. Um, but I think if you haven't got 100 words per minute, it's not particularly useful because you, if you're going to have it, you need to have it at speed. I mean, would you agree with that, Mark? Yeah, I think there's no point having it unless you can keep up. But you can always ask people to slow down talking. I don't know if it's in, if it's in face-to-face interview. But I think the aspect of it I like is the, I don't know, because you're always, it's, I guess it's kind of a geeky thing, but it gives you your own sort of journalistic language and something you can share with others about your shortcuts and the way you're um, making acronyms. And then I guess when you're learning, there's a competitive element between you and your course mates about who gets to 100 words per minute faster or who comes up with the best ways of shortening stuff and how messy it is and that sort of thing. So I think there's a fun element to learning it. Okay, I can see that you and Lily would get on really well, Mark. This is this is hilarious. Um, Rachel, I want to ask your um, advice on uh, any tips you have, other tips for note-taking if you don't have shorthand. What have you kind of learned is the most... Um, you know, we've talked about tech fails. Do you worry that if you're recording something that the audio is not going to work? What kind of ways have you found, Rachel? Are the... Oh, hang on, Rachel, are you still on mute? On... <laughs> there we go, tech fail. <laughs> so I always make sure that I'm doing two recordings. Um, I'll always record on Zoom and I'll record on my phone at the same time. Um, and, and then I'll... Um, because transcription software isn't the most reliable, I'll I'll never feed it straight into, I'll never have the transcription software doing the straight recording. I'll make sure that I've got a separate recording. So it's the Zoom, it's the Zoom recording going onto the transcription software because you can guarantee when you've got an accent that sounds like mine, it'll just make up words for you and think that it's a completely different word to what you were writing and, you don't want to have to tech. You don't want to have to like uh, call somebody later and go, "Can you tell us what this word's saying?" You know, like if it, it it'll it'll be especially embarrassing if it's like if it's like a German um if it's a German scientist and you've got to and you've got to ring them back and go, "Can you tell me what word you were trying to say here?" Because my software is trying to tell us trying to tell me a different word to what you were saying. But also at the same time, like you can still make notes yourself, like you know, whilst 
whilst you're um whilst you're doing your interview so you you can still be scribbling little notes like on the side of your um on the side of your little notebook that you've got like I always like to keep a little notepad uh to the side of my interview or even my like try not to look rude but if you've got your phone there I like to uh, I like to have my little notes or I've always got my um I've always got my interview notes to the side of my screen so I'll I'll jot a little note down on my interview notes and things like that and just just try and make it as comfortable for you as it is for the, as it is for them you know like I always conduct my interviews like it's just having a chat with uh it's just having a chat with somebody who are, who I'm not friends with yet really so just trying to keep it nice and relaxed so if I was talking with a friend I'd be making notes and things to be honest because I'm that sort of nosy person <laughs> so I don't I don't try and make I don't try I try not to feel awkward about making notes because if you make it awkward that you're making notes, they're going to feel awkward about you making notes at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's And it is about finding your your way of doing it, isn't it? And mm -hmm. your way of making notes. And it, I guess it depends what you're doing as well. If you're doing sort of hard news that is perhaps mm -hmm. very quick and you need to be out, you know, if you've got time to transcribe stuff or faff around with software, then actually being able to take really quick, accurate notes, shorthand may be the best option for you, but you may find um, another way of doing it. I mean, I do wonder, you know, how long shorthand's going to last mm. um, because, well, you know, there are these, obviously these big, big concerns around um, inclusivity. Um, there's not that much take up amongst students doing it. There aren't many shorthand teachers around. I mean, this is a problem we have at universities, actually finding someone who can teach it. The NCTJ is no longer part um, of their requirements. You don't have to have it to get like the gold standard. So, you know, it's not used in other countries. So you do wonder where it's going. I mean, Mark, what's, what's your take on this? Do you think we're going to have shorthand in 10, 20 years time? I think that's a shame if it goes. I didn't realise it's not become a requirement because there was a. I remember doing my degree, and then it was a multimedia journalism degree at Bournemouth that you had to pass the NCTJs as well to graduate, and it it felt like I, I wouldn't have seen any point in doing the degree without the NCTJs, and I probably wouldn't have seen any point in the NCTJs without shorthand because the others like public affairs and well media law was obviously important, but the the others just seemed an add on to what we were learning anyway. Um, and I guess with the accessibility issue, I, I, well, I mean, obviously, I don't know as much about it, but I, I don't know how big is, is, is shorthand the main barrier because are there, there's going to be other issues in the newsroom, such as flexibility and uh, the attitude of editors to I don't know, flexible working and making adap adaptations of the workplace. So I don't know if you did away with shorthand to make it more accessible. I don't know if that, that's not going to solve the wider issue, I guess. Yeah, I mean, from the other side of this, I have worked with lots of journalists over the years who've seen me doing shorthand and this is usually on news shifts so you're doing like quick turnaround stuff not kind of big uh sort of feature interview type things and they really wish they had it they're jealous but they came into journalism through a different route to me so I think you know I think I would still be of the mind uh that it can be very useful but I think it definitely does depend on the type of journalism that you're doing and that kind of route from um sort of journalism course nctj through local papers just 
there's not that many people coming into journalism through that route anymore I would say so I think that's um yeah I would fight for shorthand still to exist but I can see it might be up against uh, a bit of a losing um a losing battle uh so yeah I suppose final question should be um do we think employers should ever say you have to have shorthand to have this to um apply for this job uh Mark I'll come to you first then I'll come to Rachel I don't think it should be a requirement no so I think that is unfair but I think if you want to stand out in what's a pretty competitive market and you're able to do it, I think you should go for it uh, and Rachel what about you what do you think of that one no I don't think you should need it and if they're going to discriminate against it then I don't think that's an employee you should consider going for just to clarify I'm just um about the NCTJ so I've got that mixed up a little bit I've just just checked it out so shorthand is no longer on the mandatory skills modules list um so it used to be mandatory you had to do it in order to get kind of the full set of NCTJs um it's no longer mandatory but it does uh, make up the gold standard so if you want to get what they call the gold standard it does include shorthand but yeah it's a bit confusing that so but basically they're saying it's not quite as important as it was but it sort of is um but they definitely there was a big big uh, hoo-ha when they changed that um so you know it's interesting that 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 body is is kind of changing their approach towards it mm -hmm. um but yeah sorry i just wanted to, to clarify that to round up i want to ask you both for your one top bit of takeaway advice from today's uh chat so mark we'll come to you first what would you take away from today uh well i think if you're if you're able to do it i think go for it but don't i should guess don't feel under under pressure but then if you do do it my advice would be have lots of pens pads <laughs> make sure your pens work because yeah I guess that is the other issue with shorthand we didn't really address you can be somewhere and your pens can quite easily run out but your laptop's never going to run, run out of ink yeah, yeah that happens to me at my desk I'm just like yeah. bringing out <laughs> pens from there they're all why have I put all these back none of yeah. these are working Rachel same yeah Rachel same question to you don't feel pressured into learning shorthand. Like it's a good skill to have, but don't feel that you're less of a journalist because you don't have shorthand. Brilliant. Okay, so we've got two different takes then. I think, and, and at the end of the day, it's got to come down to your personal circumstances. So um, I think it's really great that we've had sort of a range of perspectives there. Just to finish off then, as our way of sharing the freelance love, we want to ask you both, who is the freelance journalist that has recently caught your eye? Perhaps someone who's done some really good work or someone you admire. So Mark, if we come to you, who is your freelance recommendation? Hmm. Um, I'm a big fan. I mean, I don't know how recently it was going. I'm a big fan of Ian Fraser, who's done a lot of work uh, on the RBS bank bailouts, but that's that's quite a few years ago. Um, also, I quite like um, Iona Bain, which is the Young Money blog, because I, I work in, I mainly do personal finance writing, and I think she's been quite good at bringing money matters to a kind of mass consumer audience and showing how you can do it in a kind of less dry way that a lot of your personal finance press does. 
Sorry, that's two, I realise. No, that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. That just means we can share more of the freelance love. We will include (laughs) the links to everybody in our our show notes. Uh, So yeah, Rachel, who's who's caught your eye recently? Uh, So I'm a really big fan of Charlotte Colombo. She is a freelance journalist who writes a lot about ADHD and autism, but she also writes a lot about... um, TikTok and um, and disabled people on TikTok. She does some really great stuff about uh, social media and influencers. Uh, she's been writing some stuff for the Digital Fix and Rolling Stone and stuff like that. Uh, you should check her out on Twitter. And I'm um, also uh, the, these people are both actually really good friends of mine. So I'm gonna just share the love because they're both like really good friends uh Hannah Sherwin Stevens she's a really uh she's a really great disabled uh freelance journalist as well she does a lot to do with um sexual health and disability as well great two really good shout outs there thanks very much okay time to bring the episode to a close um I think you know we've had some really good um perspectives there and I hope our listeners have found that useful Uh, Yes, as usual, our episode can be summed up by it depends, which is what we always conclude when we have these debates. Um, If you want to make more connections, come and join our Freelancing for Journalists Facebook community. Uh, We've got 5,000 members on there now. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Freelancing4, or you can find us individually. I'm at Lily Cantor. And I'm at Emma Journo. We also want to say a big thanks to our research assistant, Helen Quinn, and our producer, Maddie Drury. And we'll be back again next week. But goodbye for now. Bye.